24-7 Live Culture, the network. This is the 24-7 Live Culture Podcast with your host, Omar Cook. Hey, we are back with another episode of the 24-7 Live Culture Podcast. I am your host, Omar Cook. I'm excited to be here with you guys once again. We had another great week on the site. Shout out to everybody on the team that's constantly putting out work, constantly shouting out the brand and helping us grow. It's extremely humbling to see the site continuously rise in page views and numbers. Um, there's a lot of dope content on the site this week. Make sure you guys head to 247liveculture.com and check out all of the latest posts from our writers and our podcasters. You guys can check out new podcast episodes from the Awakened Soul podcast, Smart Mouth Scorpio podcast, and Alternative Fact Chicago podcast. We have some new interviews that's on the site. We talked with our entrepreneur of the week, Elijah McClinton. Elijah is the founder of Death to Heartbreaks clothing line out of Georgia. He's got a pretty awesome story on there that you can read about. And his clothing line is awesome. Go ahead and check out his site and see what he has in store for you. There's a new music countdown that's on the site as well. You guys can go ahead and check that out and get in tune with some of the newest drops from this week. Uh, Pusha T just dropped an album called Daytona. All produced by Kanye West. It's pretty dope. Um, he's got a couple tracks on there where he's throwing a couple dishes at a couple artists. Uh, Drake, to be exact. Uh, you know, And Drake responded with his Duppy Freestyle, which was Flames. You guys can go ahead and check that out. Um, also, Georgia Smith dropped a track, which is ahead of her new album that's going to come out in June. Um, Derek King just dropped his new EP. It's a seven-track EP. He's got some dope features on there with Neff DeFaro, I Am Sue, just to name a few. On today's podcast, we're going to talk with our Artists of the Week, Wazi Queso. They're a dope rap duo out of Florida. You guys can check out their full interview on the website, get to know them a little better. We're also going to dig into the NFL and their new rule change to standing for the national anthem. We're going to dig into Pusha T and Drake's beef a little bit and talk about some of their diss songs that they just released as well. Right now, I'll let you guys hear a snippet from our Artist of the Week, Wazi Queso. And when we come back, we'll be talking with one half of the group, Jiggy Queso. Let you guys hear his story and get to know him a little bit better. Women, cause I ain't feeling heroic. I mean, I tried to save a couple, but they back on their shit. So instead of wasting my time, I said I'm calling it quits. I put my work in my hand. Can't put my faith in no man. These niggas thinking they beefing. I throw their ass in the pen. I probably eat then go vegan. I'm never speaking for reasons that even made a couple demons. Joining the podcast today is Jiggy Queso. Jiggy makes up one half of the rap duo Wazi Queso. Jiggy is a hot new artist out of Queens, New York. Jiggy, thank you for joining the podcast today, man. How you doing? Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate y'all. No doubt. Now, Jiggy, there's a long history of dope artists that have come out of New York. How did you get your start making music? Uh, basically, I was um, like second grade and. I don't know, I just love to rap. I just love to, like, make little rhymes in the back of my classes. I could go upstairs and I could read y'all some of the little folded-up notes that I got from, like, just sitting in the back of the classroom. I was writing to, like, uh, the little Fruit Loops. I mean, not Fruit Loops, the Frosted Flakes, whatever they, the little songs they used to make back in the day. Right. I would remix some kind of thing, you feel me? And I don't know, I, I've always had an ear for music. I've always had an ear for, like, putting stuff together. And... I was like, eventually when I graduated high school, I said, look, I'm going to either 
put my all into this music stuff or I'm going to just let that dream fade away. And I chose to, you know, let my creative side take over. And, you know, I'm happy where I'm at now. Happy that I finally gave myself that chance to, you know, express myself. So I'd say it probably started back then when I was just like looking at the TV, trying to make a song to anything I possibly could, you know what I'm saying? Just to, just to see if I could do it. And now, you know, it, it took on a life of its own. Absolutely. You can definitely hear that confidence in your music and your delivery. Who are some of your biggest influences as far as hip hop goes? Well, personally, for like in terms of because I, I started off originally making beats like uh, FL Studios on my little Windows thing a couple years back. And I've always admired the way that Kanye uh, like just made his beats. He just sat there. He was meticulous about his music. I, I remember when he was making, I think, Stronger, that, that track off of uh, Graduation, they said like he would have dudes come in, like pizza delivery dudes, anybody who came to his house, he would just play that track for them and ask them for feedback on it. And to me, like that may be a little crazy to some people, but it's just like the fact that you're that dedicated, that you'll let any stranger just come in and you'll just ask them for feedback, you know what I'm saying? It, to me, that's just like inspirational because that means that you don't care who hears it because you know it's going to be good. You're just trying to make it better. And then um, yeah, College Dropout, yay, that's like one of my greatest inspirations just because of the way he raps about what he raps about and how he delivers it. And then uh, Weezy, Lil Wayne, of course, that's like top three of all time. And then Eminem, mm-hmm. just because of the way he, he flows, he like puts his lyrics together and he can switch up the flow at the drop of a hat. So I say that's like my top, top three. And then I got Nas just because, you know, me and him from the same place, who was actually born on the same day. So I just felt like, damn, like <laughs> I gotta. I feel like I have to have you guys. I gotta do something. I gotta. I gotta put some kind of music out. I gotta release something. If we have right. the same ambitions, you feel me? Right. Yeah. Those yeah. are those are definitely some dope artists. You know, Weezy, Kanye, M, um, Nas definitely changed the game for us. Um, now the game, the hip hop culture is absolutely changing um, as far as uh, some of the artists. You know, we see artists like Six Nine, uh, Little Pump. Um, what makes your music different and what should people know about your music? Well, my music is different because it's not about, you know, I'm not in no gang. I'm not, uh, I don't really, you know, be doing no kind of wild drugs like that. And, you know, nowadays you see like this kind of this drug induced music where people, you know, they kind of rely on rapping about zines and mollies and turning up and stuff. And me and Devin, me, me and Wiles even have really on that. You know, we, we kind of just, we like to rap. We like to put bars together. We like hard-hitting beats, and we, we like people to hear what we got to say. It's not just about rapping, but it's about what you're rapping about. That's that's how we feel. So if you got to know anything about, you know, my music or me and Devin's music, it's that it's always going to be real. It's always going to have, like, a, a relation to something in our lives, whether it's the past, present, or the future. It's always going to be real. Regardless of what it is, it's always going to be real because, when you're not authentic, that's how you fall off. You know, that's, that's when you start finding stuff to rap about. So just know that me and him, we're going to rap about what we know, and that's it. Right. You and you and Wazzy definitely bring some lyrical content to your music. Now, you hail from New York, and Wazzy comes from Florida. How did you guys come together to start a duo? Oh, uh, well, that's actually through our, 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 our brother, Sean. Uh, Sean, man, look, he's CEO, man, look, TV, and... Man, look, what we did was we came together, like, our sophomore year, and 
it was just a group of people who could do stuff. Me and him could make music. We had some graphic designers. We had some hosts. You know, we had a lot of different people with a lot of different talent. And it was dope because we kind of met on the side of that. Like, he, I don't even remember how I met Devin. That's the craziest thing. We just, I just <laughs> ended up in his room one night and we was just making music with like uh, the rest of our homeboys. Shout out to, shout out to Fly Studios. But we just came together and, you know, he said, do you rap? I was like, yeah. He was like, I rap too. Let's make music. I was like, bet. So we got together. We made a couple tracks and then we kind of, we kind of stopped like making tracks as a as a unit because you know he had his own thing going on and he had been rapping for like two years like over a beat and with a mic and stuff before I even picked up a mic. Right. So I, I kind of had to learn the culture of being in the studio and not being you know afraid to rap in front of whoever's in the studio and just like if you know you got it then you got it you know you got to show it so. I was like, all right, like I see Devin out, out here like confident over on mic, so I, I felt like I had to be the same way. And then, you know, that's when we joined Manlet the next year. And then we came uh, after I dropped my second project, Jiggy Season, and he dropped for the Dead Homies I Shed Light, I believe. That's when we started talking heavily about like, yo, we, we really should make a joint tape. Like, we have to, because everybody that we knew was telling us, oh yeah, you guys should collab, you guys should, you know, make a joint album. And then it was like, all right, like I guess we'll give it a shot. And right. then it went from making a joint album to combining our names, and now we, you know, we Wazi Queso. So I kind of guess I, I, I would say it's through that we, we got that bond. But you know, through Devin himself, just like reaching out and like, yo, you make music, I make music. I feel like that's how we came together, and it's been dope ever since then. That's crazy. You now you said something that was pretty dope. You said if you know you got it, then you got it. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that gives people some confidence to do something um, on their own as well. Yeah. Um, what projects can people look forward to from you guys coming out in the future? Um, geez, that's a great question. I mean, we got something that we we want to do. Everybody's asking us when Wazi Queso two coming out, but um, I don't know if we're gonna do a Wazi Queso two just yet. But over the summer, we got. I think we got like three visuals, three uh, videos that we're trying to drop for Young Gifted and Black, and then like, and then the Soulful music video is the one that's gonna drop the like the quickest, like that's coming up probably like in the next probably like month and a half or two. So we're trying to get that done. We're trying to get that stuff situated, and we have probably like five to six songs that we just we've been cooking up. Is you know when we when we're on that wave, people is looking at us. You know when the lights is on. Like I said, you can't get blinded. So we're trying to stay focused and keep giving people content. So I would say probably like mid-June to the end of June, early July, that's when people start looking for like the visuals to come, probably like three more tracks uh, just from, just the drop, just for the summer, just because we know that, you know, it's probably going to be a drop. We'll definitely be on the lookout for any new releases that you guys have coming out. Uh, you guys just dropped a new music video for your song, Name. Um, everybody that's listening, you guys should go ahead and check that video out. It's, it's a dope track and it's got dope visuals. What is your greatest inspiration as far as making music? You know, everybody has something that fuels them and makes them go. What drives you? Um. Well, well, back in late 2014, my uncle Corey, uh, like the last time I spoke to him, we were talking about football, playing football at the time. And he said, you know, get, he was just talking about, uh, you know, 
again. He said, make sure you get more, you know, let's carry. And I was like, you know, I got you. And I was like the last, he said to me, because later on in 2013, 2014, like the first couple of days of January, he was unfortunately shot and killed up in uh, New York. And it kind of like, it kind of messed with, you know, me and my mom, my whole family. We kind of had to recover from that because, you know, my Uncle Corey was like the most lovable guy. Like, right. he could make you laugh. He was an awesome dude. And, um, I don't know, like, him saying more yards, less carries, even though it's about football, then every yard you can get a possession. So I just took that, and I just put that to my overall life. I was like, well, in my whole life, I'm going to get more yards on less carries. I'm going to do everything I can with everything that I'm given. So when he died, you feel me, I dropped, like, a couple months later, I dropped my first tape. Like, I immediately started working on that tape. You can find it on SoundCloud. It's called Euphoria, Y-O-Euphoria. And he's the cover, like it's his face, and he was a kid. He's the cover of it. Um, he kind of pushed me, like I didn't, I didn't know he was gonna die. You know, I didn't know if he was gonna get shot. Nobody did, but you know, I feel like I was telling him to, like, no, it's time to crank it. Absolutely, and I'm sure that he's still looking out for you, making sure that you're doing what you're doing, and you're making progress in your music, and you can definitely hear that passion in your flow. Jiggy, we want to thank you for joining the podcast today. That was a dope interview. Everybody that's listening, make sure that you guys go check out the interview on the website. And we look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Much success. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all so much for having me on here. No doubt. That was Jiggy Queso, one half of the rap duo Wazi Queso. When we come back, I'll let you guys hear from the other half, Wazi Shade. Here's a snippet of one of his verses so that you guys can hear what he's about. I'm mad and woke, got a game with me, same niggas that came with me, sacrifice us a whole lot, but I guarantee they make games with me, check my pace, I just kill cold case, keep my face unfazed, I make diamonds from waste, so fuck them all, young nigga ready to ball like Lonzo, I see in different colors, you see in mulatto, bring that beat to your call it Congo, all eyes on me, feel like OJ and that motherfucking Bronco nigga, Shalom John. Joining the podcast today is the other half of Wazi Queso. We've got rapper Wazi hailing from Carroll City, Florida. Wazi, thank you for joining the podcast. No problem, no problem. What it is, what it is. Now, Wazi, there's some dope artists that have come out of Florida. You know, you've got Ace Hood, uh, Rick Ross, T-Pain, to name a few. Um, how did you get your start making music? Uh, I got my start making music around sixth grade, you know, um, Stealing mics from my middle school just to record songs at my house with some of my homies. So we was just really big on that, just writing our raps. And we thought we was making the dopest things but at the time. So it was just out of fun and curiosity because we grew up in the hip-hop culture in Miami. Right. Now, who are some of your who are some of your biggest influences that are in the rap game right now? Or period? Biggest, in, biggest influences, period. I'll have to say, I like, I like writers, so... I like the Lauren Hill's writing is always amazing. Right. In a sense, the, the things she can talk about, open and vulnerable she is. First of all, like the passion and pain she puts behind it. Uh, Tupac is a big influence on me as well because he wasn't scared to just speak his mind. He was one of the first artists to like revolution game, revolutionize the game and speak in his mind, just let his thoughts flow. And the way he flowed, you just felt that you felt it at all times, all times. Um, currently, I listen to a lot of. 
J. Cole, Isaiah Rashad, and Kendrick Lamar just because of their their lyrical versatility and the things they speak about in music. It relates a lot to my life. Right, and you can definitely hear how the lyrical side translates to your music. Now, the game is changing today in the hip-hop culture, you know. Um, there's a lot of music that is not so much uh, lyrical. Um, a lot of younger artists are coming out. It's just a, dim- a different image that's being portrayed. Um, what's something that people should know about your music, and what makes it different? What makes it something people should know about the music I make is I really put thought and care into every every single word that I put on my lines. So when I go into the booth, there's no waste of bars, there's no waste of lyric. Every lyric has its meaning. And it's really just to not only, not only is it like a venting system for me, but it provides a venting system for other people. I know people have came up to me talking about their music. My music has really helped them at like some crucial times in their life. So that's the difference because you're going to feel it and it's going to relate to you in some way, type of form. And I try to be open with any topics that I put forth. Definitely, and you were you were you were an artist already before you hooked up with Jiggy. Now, how did you? What, what was the thought process of adding another person to to your music and coming together as a group? I mean, with us, we always had a pretty tight relationship since we met each other around like eighteen years old. So, since both of us was into music, we just used to talk about music and vibe together. We always thought about doing a project together, but it never came to fruition because we both had. We both had our pride. We both wanted to be solo artists and build our brands. But what really brought us together was we just understood that our brands and our fan bases coming together will make such a bigger, a bigger impact on everybody else. And everybody, we have collaborated on songs before. So when we did, he was said, yo, y'all really mess well together. Y'all should keep on doing this to make a project together. So in the process of making a project together, we just sat down, had a one-on-one conversation. Like, we might as well just make this a group and build our platform together because we feel like that's the best way for us to reach the top. Absolutely. And like the old saying goes, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Right, right. Now, you guys you guys dropped a project called YZK, so self-titled, and you guys got hot tracks on there, dropped a music video for name mm-hmm. on there. Uh, what can we look forward to in the future, some projects, uh, performances, uh, what and what have you? Uh, first and foremost with the projects, we have a music video for Soul Food coming out pretty soon we haven't recorded it yet but we have worked on that process of getting everything together so you should look forward to that by next month the middle of next month that should be wrapped up um currently we're working on new music but we're going to of course with our next project we're probably going to extend the songs from seven to like 12 and really put full 100 percent into it and get more topics and more people involved with it just production wise and things such as that um Besides that, we're just working on getting more performances together and building a network of people that we can always contact and talk to to continue building platforms of not only ourselves, but the people around us. Definitely. And we're definitely excited to see what you guys produce in the future. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to other up-and-coming, uh, other up-and-coming artists that are in the rap game or uh, music artists today? The advice I'll give them is it's not a one team one man thing you gotta have a team behind you a team that's going to support you and you gotta be able to open yourself up to new ideas and how people view your music and how they can challenge you because that's the only way to grow at the end of the day it's by people challenging you and you challenging yourself definitely now what's everybody has something that's fueling them everybody has something that's making them go um what's your greatest inspiration you know what makes you tick what makes you produce the music that you produce um 
my greatest inspiration is honestly my little brother because growing up in the environment I grew up in, I know that's not the life I want for him. I want to have a better life and just so he can not experience all the trauma that I had to experience when I was growing up because it was tough. So with the music and everything that I do, I just want to make sure he has a platform or he has a, he has a tool that will make him go through the same things that I went through. Definitely. You, you, I'm, I think the people can relate to a lot of things that you said here on the podcast today. And we want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout for, the, for uh, your new music and following you and, and wishing you much success. We want to thank you. Definitely. I wish you much success as well, man. Keep on doing what you're doing. No doubt. That was Wazi Shade, the other half of Wazi Queso. You've heard from both members of the group. Those are pretty dope guys, man. You guys should go ahead and check out their full interview on the website. Get to know them a little bit better. Listen to their music and look for their upcoming releases that's going to come out in the future. Let's switch gears right quick and let's dig into this national anthem issue with the NFL. You know, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, he's basically put a new policy out that will require NFL players to stand up for the anthem or face fines. Or they have the alternative option of staying in the locker room. And it's crazy because the players have had meetings with the commissioner and the owners basically to try to tell their side of the story and what they're what they're protesting about. And to see that this was the the end result, this was the only option that the NFL could come up with. It's like a slap in the face to the, to, to the players. You know, black players make up about, about 70% of the NFL. Um, but the craziest number out of that is that out of 32 teams, there's only eight black head coaches and zero black owners out of 32 teams. So it's the fact is black players are only used for entertainment. And the leadership of the NFL is only worried about the financial backing of the NFL, which is the fan base. You know, the TV ratings from last year dropped 9.7% because people were upset about people kneeling during the anthem. You know, it just shows that the NFL has no loyalty to the players, no, no true integrity to American values and freedom of speech, and that they only truly care about the ratings and money. And it's even reached... The president and the president always has something to say about it. You know, he recently just said, uh, you have to stand proudly for the national anthem or you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. And for the president to say that about a peaceful protest, which is not only protected by the Constitution, uh, is, is, is crazy. And it's crazy that we keep allowing him to say things like that and not be checked for it. Um, I've heard rumors that some of the players were going to boycott some of the games and sit out, um, you know, try to get as many as half of the black players to sit out. And if that is the case, that's really the only statement that will that will impact um, the owners and, and, and the league. You know, they can't play the game without the black players because, I mean, it's 70 percent of the players, honestly. I'm almost tired of hearing about this issue. You know, there's fans that still can't clearly comprehend the reason why players are protesting in the first place. And I don't believe it's that they can't comprehend it. It's just that they refuse to acknowledge the reality behind the protest. You know, um, if the same issues were happening consistently in a white community and white players were protesting, we, we wouldn't even be having these discussions. These, these problems would be in motion to get solved. I'm tired of hearing the, no, the the narrative that people are disrespecting the flag because they're kneeling. You know, if we go back to the beginning when uh, Colin Kaepernick initially sat 
down um, during the anthem. People were wondering, well, why is he sitting down during the anthem? And then he told us, started the story about why. And Nate Boyer, who is a military vet, told him that a more respectful way of protesting would be for him to take a knee. And that's exactly what he did. And he's been blackballed from the league ever since. Um, and now players have taken a similar stance, which has been kneeling during the anthem to not only show support for Colin Kaepernick, but to show support for the cause. You know, uh, protests are not meant to be done at a specific time that's convenient to people. It's it's meant to interrupt and gain attention. And uh, black people were never given a choice about some of the problems that they've had to deal with in their communities or growing up. Um, so the convenience of the press of the, of the players protesting by kneeling is unfortunate to some because I guess somehow it messes up their entertainment. They just want to enjoy their sports. Well, there's a lot to life that's bigger than sports, and that's what the players are trying to bring attention to. But the crazy thing is, not one time has a player kneeling before the uh, before the game during the national anthem has it ever affected the outcome of the game. Has it ever affected what happened during the game? And has it ever affected your viewing experience? People just have their own prejudices that they can't get over. And somehow it upsets them to see somebody making a stand about it. Now what's even crazier is these black players are not only making a peaceful protest, but they're doing it in, in, in a respectful manner. You know, they're not marching up and down the street disrupting businesses. They're literally taking a knee before the anthem. Some of these players are still having their hands across their hearts. They're just making a statement just to bring attention to it. Now, if black people started riding in the streets and beating up police officers the way that they beat us and shooting up schools as some of the way, uh, some of the way that these kids are doing now, we would be seen as animals called all type of N-words and all type of other, uh, you know, obscene names. But... To protest in a peaceful manner, to see that it's become a major deal, it just shows me that black people still have a long way to go to gain true equality in this country. I'm really interested in seeing what's going to happen with the protests. I know a lot of people have said that they're not going to watch the games, and I am going to watch the games. I'm going to see what's going to happen. I want to see who's going to make a stand and, and exactly what's going to happen with these fines. And when these fines are divvied out, I want to see what the next step is. Uh, after that, um, you know, some of the players have began speaking out about it. You know, Dwayne Smoot from the Jaguars, he stated on Twitter, freedom of speech does not exist for NFL players now. We get fined for protesting something we believe in. Find me. You can't change my opinion and can't stop my protests. I have a right as an American to protest when I feel there is an injustice in this country. I want to see how more players are going to speak out about this. And I want to see the overall outcome of this. Football is a great pastime. It's the biggest sport in America. And to see how politics have affected this sport, it's crazy. Because this is a sport that's supposed to bring people together. But instead, it's dividing people. So, um, NFL, we're all watching to see what you do. That's enough about that. I could go on all day just talking about that. Pusha T just dropped his new album, Daytona. Um, it's crazy that 15 years in the game, he's still dropping hot music. Um, Kanye West produced the whole album. Um, I know in one of his interviews, he stated that he had about 10 to 12 traps, tracks um, produced by uh, different producers. And he took it to Kanye and Kanye said, nah, I'm going to produce it. And it's only going to be seven tracks. And, you know, as much as we hate Kanye's views... He's a great producer, 
and he's a great pre, uh, creative, and he did a great job producing Pusha T's album. Now, Pusha T took some uh, shots at Drake on his uh, shot infrared, and it's fire. And, you know, uh, one take Drake, it took him no time. I don't even think it took him less than a day to record his uh, his diss track. And for Drake to not only take it from he dropped this just track on SoundCloud. It wasn't on iTunes, title, nothing. On SoundCloud. That's crazy. And I was watching some of the some of the uh you know some of the views on Twitter and to see that Drake was trending more than Pusha T's whole album just off one diss track is absolutely nuts. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Pusha T has in, in in response. Both of the tracks are crazy. We haven't really had any true rap beef in, in a minute. And um, these are two dope artists. I don't know if Drake can keep up with Pusha T bar for bar, but he he did a damn good job um, on his Duppy Freestyle. You guys got to check that out. They're both on the countdown on our website. This is an awesome time for hip-hop. You know, Drake's also releasing his album, Scorpion, in June. So, I'm excited to see what kind of music he produces on there. If he takes any more shots at Pusha T at all, he might just leave it alone. And and have said what he already said. Make sure you guys head to the site. Check out all the latest content that's on the website for this week. There's a lot of dope content. Tune in next week for the podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in once again. It's been great. I'm your host, Omar Cook, and I'm out. You've listened to the 24-7 Live Podcast.